In the beginning, there was darkness. A void waiting to be filled with the echoes of destiny. From the depths of time, legends emerged. Heroes forged in the fires of adversity, their stories etched in the fabric of eternity. Through the sands of ancient deserts, across the vast expanse of galaxies, and amidst the tumultuous waves of the ocean, their journeys began. But amidst the chaos, there arose a whisper, a call to action, a beacon of hope. Now, as the world holds its breath, a new tale unfolds, a story of courage, of triumph against all odds. Join us as we delve into the depths of imagination, as we embark on a journey beyond the realms of possibility. For in every tale lies a lesson, in every legend a truth waiting to be discovered. This is not just a podcast. This is an odyssey, a quest for knowledge, a quest for inspiration, a quest for the very essence of what it means to be human. Welcome, dear listeners, to a world of infinite possibilities. Welcome, dear listeners, to the True Life Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the True Life Podcast. We are here with an incredible thinker. And I know what you're thinking. Like, George, how is he an incredible thinker? You're going to find out just by talking to him. I've had a brief conversation with him. I love this guy. So just how should I – why don't you take a moment to introduce yourself to the couple people watching. And then if anybody has any questions, you can put them in the chat. But take a moment to introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Ranga. I um, grew up in, in India, having a very uh, focused life of, you know, living the life of complete set of tasks. Then I came to do my master's, which was an important task in my journey of completing life, right? And I came to Canada and um, I studied my master's here, but I realized seeing many people here that I was not interested in the field that I was working on, which, which was mechanical engineering. So I took some time off after uh, my uh, master's and I also had experience with psychedelics, which kind of opened me up to uh, being interested about mental health to begin with and slowly went on to understanding what's happening within, right? The whole idea of uh, psychology. So I've been interested in the field of psychology for the last uh, two, three years. Uh, I haven't had a formal education in psychology yet. Or maybe never. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> but uh, I'm right now uh, trying to connect with people in the field of uh, psychedelics, trying to find what ways I, I can contribute to the field, what are the things that I can bring to the table, trying to just spread awareness, beginning from there and uh, getting uh, interested in newer models. One of those models that I came across recently was existential psychotherapy. and. Uh, how much that model can be tried to incorporate into the field of psychology and, uh, you know, help people at the end of yeah. the day, that's all you, we are here to do. That's a great answer. And then I want to unpack that a little bit. Yes. So one thing that I wanted to start with is that you talk about what you can bring to the world of the psychedelic community. 
Yes. And in the short time we've been talking, I think that there is an incredible story you have to share. Like you go from mechanical engineering and ch fundamentally changing all your ideas. It was like an awakening. It sounds like, like you went from, I want to be this to, I want to be yeah. this. Is that something that psychedelics did for you? Did you find that notion after, after using psychedelics or? hundred percent, hundred percent. So I am not certain about a lot of things and I, I have understood that being uncertain is what the life is about, understanding the chaos, not wanting certainty, but in the past, you can be certain about certain things, right? Like yep. this is the reason cause and effect. This is the cause it happened. So one of the major causes was psychedelics because I was uh, growing up in India. Most people are driven into engineering or doctor. I wasn't too interested in biology. So I did engineering and uh, one of the things I did, the reason I did mechanical engineering was I had no other person to look up to. My dad mecha did mechanical engineering. I asked him, he said, it's good, do. So I did it, <laughs> right? And I got a chance to do masters and I um, came here, I did. But the best thing that happened coming to Canada was uh, seeing a lot of uh, different streams, right? Uh, engineering was one of the 18 streams that was offered at University of Waterloo. And I was wondering, wow, there's more to this life studying wise and just this. But I couldn't uh, stop my master's midway because I have to go back to India, which would be mm -hmm. kind of taking a back step because uh, one of the things I loved about uh, Canada was the open mindedness, uh, being able to be who you are, having that uh, setting where you don't have to think too much to say what you want to say. As long as you're not poking other person in the nose, you're the freedom of speech, right? And yep. um, so once I completed my master's, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I wasn't interested in anything. So at that point, I was just interested in maintaining surviving life. <laughs> so yeah, I did gig jobs. I, I was driving for Uber, Amazon. It was nice because it had this uh, gave me this so-called control. I, I just chose when to work, when not to work. And, um, you know, I made this whatever money, right? It got me sustaining through that particular month. And th those were the period when the question started happening. Mm -hmm. Like, why, why are we pushed to earn so much money? At least for me, it was the case that, you know, you complete masters and you have to earn this much, let's say 80,000 or whatever, right? The package. Yeah. And maybe I don't need it. Like, why do I need it? And then um, I don't have the desire to do this, buy this. I wasn't interested in buying new stuff at that point. And one of the reasons that got stronger because I didn't make enough money to buy new stuff, which was nice, right? Uh, you kind of, after some, some point, you lose the desire to, oh, I don't want anything because I can't get yeah. it. And you're okay with it. You accept it, right? And, and then psychedelics happened, right? Mm -hmm. Where I was still having a lot of this... Um, I would say carrying the baggage of the past, like the identity, the traumas and stuff. And uh, what psychedelics did was just take a moment where I just stopped thinking about it. So I was, I was standing uh, in this balcony and I was seeing a tree. I feel like that was the first time I looked at a tree. Like the first time I'm like, oh, this is beautiful. And it also felt like this is simple, like existence is simple. Why did I feel like it was such a burden? Having to live every day felt like a burden. I have to do this, do that, do that. No one is telling me, that's, that's the best part. No one is coming to you and telling you, you need to do this. But it's the ignorance of not knowing better feels leads to the compulsion. Like 
I need to get this done, right? Mm-hmm. So that day I realized, what was this? This seems so like uh, it seems very lightning. I I breathed for the first time. I was aware of my breath for the first time. Now two years later, I've got introduced to meditation courses and I understand how much breathing is important. But for the first time, taking control of your breath, it's like, wow, okay. Everything that as uh, we have been sensitized to and uh, we have forgotten the magical touch, psychedelics, you know, kind of takes you out. Takes you out of that. Uh, I think it's an how to change your mind. They talk about the default mode of network, right? Yep. Uh, and it takes your uh, thing from there. So you're not acting fear-based or... Yeah. What is life? Like, we, we are... Uh, the, the, the major things that's happening, right? Anxiety and depression. One is of the past and one is of the future. Yep. Yeah. Right. And at the you're actually in the present moment, but <laughs> those two seems to ceases to exist. Yep. And it shows you the, the potential that, oh, I am actually responsible for fixing myself. Right? And yes. Honestly, one trip is not gonna like magically make your life U-turn, of course, because two, three right. days later you're still having the glow. Yeah. It goes down, and it's like, ah, man, I need to get up. I need to do this yeah right yeah but now you know you you have seen something beyond yourself beyond this mundane duties and uh, push and so on and it's freeing knowing it that is. yeah so yeah your question was with respect yeah so after that it's beautiful so it's it's been, it's, it's it's awesome i i i really think that that's kind of what's happening now is that people are and sometimes i hate to use the word waking up but it seems to me we are becoming aware of what is important. And I think that that takes us into this existential crisis our country seems to be having. Like, hey, guess what? The media isn't selling as much stuff. Oh, no, they're freaking out. They want to go to war. You know, and, and if you think about this idea that you're not being told, no one's telling you you have to go participate. No one's telling you you have to make more money. But they are communicating it to you all around. Every book, every magazine, your teachers, your bosses, your neighbors. Everybody is in this world of competition. And in the end of the day, they're just competing with themselves. But they don't understand that. Maybe some people do. But it seems to me, and I know this because it happened to me, when you don't have these moments of clarity where you go to the mountaintop and you see yourself from a third-person point of view, you know, when you, when you just are in the game – it's very difficult to stop and understand, hey, why am I doing what I'm doing? And it sounds like as an engineer into a psychologist, you've, you've started asking the question from how do I build it to why do I build it? Yeah. So I guess it takes us to existentialism a little bit. Like, do you see that the crisis happening in our, in our world today because so many people have gotten to the point where they can't take it anymore? Is that what's happening Definitely, it's the uh, the so-called burnout. It's it's yeah. just there everywhere. And uh, right now, people are trying to take a week or two weeks off or changing jobs. That's not going to help you, because you yeah. can change a thousand jobs. The loop is going to stay the same. You're going to get up. You're going to brush your teeth. No, work from home. Let's. I'm talking about prefer work from. Home. You're going to suit up. You're going to go to office. That's going to be there. The two weeks you take feels relieving. It's like taking the knife out of the thing and putting some band-aid, right? It's pretty much that. We have not started healing the wound. Mm. The wound needs to be healed. And uh, why does the wound exist in the first place is a question 
i feel like it it is a invalid question i would say because uh, everyone is going to go through a trauma yep. trauma is going to happen when there is no self awareness right it's like the baby that comes out of the mom connected by the umbilical cord yeah when the doctor take it out they're going to cut it right the umbilical cord is like the trauma it's not a bad thing it's not a good thing it's just it's it is what it is it was sustaining life right as the baby is growing doesn't matter what kind of a parents we have like really good parents really bad parents anything is going to push us to you know because we are still learning the ways of life and uh, you know we don't we don't have the answers to everything and there is and language is it's it's so hard to communicate things with people yeah. because uh, it's a complex set of emotions that's going on and we barely manage to just scrap the top by saying things in words right so a kid is going to be traumatized so trauma trauma is not a bad thing what one needs to do growing up is with the so called waking up waking up is not a bad thing you just waking up to understanding why am i doing it why am i running i need to stop right I, why am i why am i doing this that's all that question does not happen when life is blissful when everything is good <laughs> you get a job right after your yep. masters you yeah. the the first girl you date is good like you're settling down your family is happy everything is going on well there's no need to question because life yeah. is good but the sadness is underneath there something is missing out right that's why i believe suffering is very integral for humans like it is you know as ramdas yeah. says suffering is the sandstone of the soul it is quite <laughs> essential when we suffer when we are to the point of complete frustration that's the first time we ask question because i never asked question i i wondered i was 22 <clears> years <throat> by the time i finished my masters and had my first trip until that i never asked the question why am i doing it or what do i need to do right i felt like there was always already a plan for me because i'm born in this religion so i'm going to do do this religious deeds i'm born <laughs> to this particular caste so i have this uh, set of uh, ways i'm going to live and uh, i have got the opportunity to do master so i need to use it i need to use it the compulsiveness it is there it it, it comes if you're not aware of why you're going to do it yeah so <laughs> That's a beautiful answer. There's there's a lot in there and I I I really admire the line you're taking on that. But I think okay, so let me let me let me let me say this cuz I think it ties in nicely. When it's almost like a death in a way. Like when you come to the realization that your life is good but you don't love it. Like part of you has to die. When you we talk about tragedy, part of you has to die so that you can be reborn into this new form. Yes. right and so like that takes us into this idea of death like a lot of people are scared of dying the same way they're scared of the trip the same way they're scared of cutting the cord it's if people can begin to see the world in like that fractal manner you cut the cord of trauma then you become now you're no longer the baby and the mom now you're your own organism and yes. each part of life you must die so that you can be reborn and so yes what you talk a lot about you have some different ideas on death but can you can you maybe address some of the things i was thinking about there and then point us in the direction of why people might be scared of death what, what do you think uh, death is how do you define death death is death is so it's one truth there is mm-hmm. death of the physical body right and the consciousness trapped into it acting as this 
uh, unique individual with a certain set of personality characters ideologies and so on right so that is a physical death which growing up oh believe me i couldn't say one word about death it's as if like the moment i mention it i'll bring death upon family right Whoa. it's 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 a taboo it's a huge taboo and um, so you know when when something is taboo growing up you're really afraid of it you're not going to talk about it right yeah. now for me the question started again everything is relevant to psychedelics here because in that moment what you thought you were dies right ceases to exist right like when when we when when i say um you're dead right let's say you're dead in the future right what dies the set of characteristics that you carried like oh george was this guy he's an amazing guy who's yeah. doing a podcast right <laughs> and those dies so tomorrow you change your name you go to some other place you know you start up some other business you you're a completely different set of you're a different person with a different set of ideas is the george i knew died maybe maybe you're not your physical body you know you yeah. were talking about uh, parts have to die and get reborn what is consistent in our life like we might think the facial features and stuff are consistent but um, the skin cells keep dying every single second yeah. you know uh, i i don't know the actual number but they say in in 1 year or 10 years you know you recycle pretty much your old self yeah. like i don't know the exact number but that's true right yep. so when it comes to the mental domain it's it's our clinging to the ideas that keeps us existing right mm. and you see that throughout the world people are yep. uh, adding last name empire carrying the legacy it's all about some way of keeping themselves <laughs> going on yeah it's true at, at the end of the day it comes to that and that i say is the fear of death because i don't want to leave this i want to be here some way i want to be here yeah yeah because people are not as i see uh, uh, in psychedelics you are nothing more than the awareness your pure awareness you are aware of what's going on you're nothing more than that yeah. you know um the rest of the things we might feel like we are doing it but it's happening so when you truly realize you're just awareness that awareness is going to die some day and that's fine and now if you're not your physical body you're not your ideas there is no more clinging it's easier said than done of course but when you're not even getting into the framework of thinking yourself as awareness but if you're in the egoic mindset of i am this body with this ideas with this personalities virtues i have this thing about good bad and so on right now you want that to sustain right and freud i know i'm just jumping off topic freud was attacking the topic of death he got to death the next thing beyond one level about death is the continuation of survival right how do you do it if i'm going to die something of me has to sustain so i am going to have my child who's going to carry my legacy so yeah. that's where he said we are going to be trapped in our sexual world we are because it's about um, he talks about castration mm-hmm. men have fear of castration fear of castration is nothing you're going to cut my seed no i need to plant <laughs> it before you cut it so that's it but if you take a step back you'll realize that fear of castration comes from fear of death again right the, yeah. the root cause is always going to be the that because before humans became we are cl- slowly waking up it's going to take 
thousands and right. thousands of years, right? We are we are at a point of there is certain awareness. We are still ninety nine percent of our subconscious is not even gone through. There are people who meditate and get to their subconscious. I'm talking about. Let's just talk about me. There is so much that I compulsively do, and you know I stop it right the moment I do it, or sometimes I just enjoy. Let's say I have a smoke or I'm craving a sweet drink, right? I know, it. and these are happening due to evolutionary reasons you know yeah. uh, they say i i read this in you all know arari's uh, sapiens book okay why do we like sugar so much so back in those days as you we, humans were hunter gatherers whatever was fatty substance we had to collect more and we had to eat it a lot because those were the energy reserves because we didn't know when we were going to get the next meal So our body is adapted to that. It's it's still evolution is so slow. Mind can yeah. rapidly develop. Technology can rapidly develop. But the body is going to take its time. And tens of thousands of years before what we were needing, now has become the problem. It because now you have Uber Eats and stuff. You tap, food is there. Thirty minutes. Yeah. You put one point nine nine dollars of prioritization. Fifteen <laughs> minutes. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> right so you don't need to reserve stuff but if you are not aware why we are doing it we're going to automatically reserve and one of the things why i came to here because survival instinct before people could become self aware life has to sustain so life's mm. primary goal even according to darwin's theory survival of the fittest mm. what does it do the only thing dr- that drives life to continue is adaptation and that comes from i need to survive i need to survive i need to survive there is no question of why i need to survive right and that question was the awareness was not there to ask and that's fine at some point we didn't have the senses to ask we when we were cells there is no mouth there is no nothing we were just joining with other cells <laughs> and then you become the um, water animal you're still having a certain bit of senses you have a mouth you know there are um, fishes that has just mouth uh, intestine direct to the Anus. That's all. A simple model, right? And you start adapting, adapting, adapting. You start growing the senses. Now you, we have come to the point where we are able to. The, the so-called self-awareness is nothing but why is this happening? What's the point, right? When yeah. you do that, you. I feel like we need to let go of all the things that drove us here, and that includes everything, every <laughs> single thing that drove us here. so when we are able to truly let go of the past past as people say depression caused by past is not just our lifetime it's hundreds of thousands of years the whole evolution the whole thing that has happened before you the whole history that has made you exist at this point the whole things needs to be let go of so yeah yeah i i okay so that makes me think might a good way to look at it be we are like a thought in the mind of god it seems like we're evolving as one structure you know what i mean like if you i sometimes it helps me to think of it like that and i've been doing a lot more but i've been tripping a lot more too so i i've really begun to embrace this idea that we are just one giant organism and if you want to be happy and successful in life you need not pay attention to all the distractions but that voice in your head that one in your heart the one that that feels sad when you have a good life but not a great life like 
That is the siren song calling you to action right there. It seems to me that like it's that voice that's pulling us together. You know what I mean? Like I think of mushrooms, okay? Yes. And, and when you look at a root of a tree and you see the mushrooms, they, they go and they, they take nutrients from A and they move it to B. And there's just the whole property underneath is amazing. And I think that that's us as human beings. Like we're all like a little one little root and we're trying to connect to other people and in doing so we make the world better with more connections is that this what, what do you think is that in the mind of if, can you talk a little bit about us being one organism versus an individual and how do you square that individuality arises again as a very egoic thing ego is not not to do with um i growing up the word ego was introduced to me in the sense that egos of attitude show off and so on yeah. but uh, having had psychedelics i realized ego is none of those it is attachment mm. it was purely attachment to this so in that sense what is individuality is just restricting ourselves to this body just this ah, vessel right i see uh the thing you were talking about the roots under the tree um have you seen fungi on netflix I've seen I just I've I've seen parts of it. It looks amazing. It it is amazing. They they add this animation video of what's happening underneath, and it's beautiful. And you yeah. know about mycelium, right? And it's just yes. connected throughout the world. It's yep. throughout the world. And just because one doesn't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist, right? That's right. And when it comes to us being individuals, people might think we are limited just to this body and stuff. But are we truly like? You know, you're, so you're sitting there and, you know, I come to your place and um, I'm going to throw your phone, which is like 10 meters away from you. <laughs> you're going to get offended. So that phone is you. Right. Yeah. And uh, your body is consistently interacting with, with the nature, like the food you eat, the food becomes you. Yeah. The air you breathe becomes you. And yeah. your skin is in consistent contact with the atmosphere. So there is always an exchange of information, right? It's according to our senses, we limit to what we see, right? Yep. And that's, that's so, on one way, atheism is very strong, where like, I won't believe what I don't see. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw a meme the other day, it was very funny, <laughs> because this person sitting on the couch and saying that I'm, I'm strongly atheist, I don't believe what I see, and you know, uh, these Wi-Fi signals coming, and he's browsing. Like, I don't see the Wi-Fi, sure. I shouldn't believe it. But I know Wi-Fi exists, right? It's, yeah. it's like that. It, we can't be limited to just what our senses tell. Our senses are equipped based on our surroundings. It is not the objective truth. It's subjective. Right. It's in relation to the environment that we are existing. And we are able to see what it is. Okay, this is what I need for surviving. This is what I need to keep going. So I'm going to adapt myself to that point. So in that question comes now, having had self-awareness, we were going to go to the topic of one organism, right? Now yeah. people are starting to question, like, what is the point? What is the purpose? Right? Because five, 500 years or something back, uh, purpose was defined primarily by religion, right? Mm -hmm. You need to do a good life and uh, you go to heaven, right? right? And it's like heaven and hell are kind of like this physical places or spirit, spirit places where, you know, uh, you go after dying. But it's, you know, you, we are slowly starting to understand it's none of those. Heaven and hell is here right on earth. Yeah. It's the mindset. Yeah. It's the energy with which you're living. 
it's as simple as that right so when we truly ask the question what's the point it doesn't help in evolution maybe maybe not yet maybe it actually does i i i don't have an understanding of that but at this point given um for the survival asking the question why am i here opens up the new ventures where you're trying to go beyond your sense perception right mm, in that idea yeah. as i said since we are connected to everything where do we draw the line what is just you the, your are you going to be limited to your house or your city or why are you going to draw the line there is no clear line there is no yeah. clear line whatsoever so in that sense there is just one there is just one organism and mm. it's not big or something as we think it is in the quantum physics it is in the state of quark which just arises and passes it is just that it's a simple motion that's happening consistently it's just right and yeah. the beauty of quantum physics is uh, it has boggled my mind where so these quarks are in a state of superimposition right and you kind of get to decide what state you want it to be is it going to be a wave or a particle but it's <laughs> it's a paradox because you are nothing but the complex interactions of those trillions of those small things so it's kind of like which came first chicken or egg the question is not that it's a that's that's why i tend to believe it's more of a predeterministic thing this right. whole life right if you are able to step out of time you realize that whatever needs to happen has happened and you're just here experiencing it through this perception of change when change is involved time comes into play right because there are yep. been times i've been trapped in this uh, single moment in my trip and yeah oh my god time is not moving time is not moving yep <laughs> and that makes me question where is time yeah the cl- clocks are there the sun is rotating those are fine but what is time like you know the first time you get out of time and you realize time does not exist the way yeah if you think and it boggles your mind and um, yeah that's the part it leads to a set of questions right 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 and 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 the curiosity is the beauty of it if one gets to be continuously curious every day whatever happens right you have to uh, in meditation they say you have to accept whatever is happening right without questioning it it's a state of choiceless observation don't try to intervene don't try to interact don't try to change just observe the truest yeah. change happens when we are observing it and whatever we conceive as problem that cannot be solved with a thinking mind it has to arise out of complete silence and stillness of the mind it's in the wisdom the answer always lies no one has ever got anywhere with thinking <laughs> got themselves in trouble yeah just thinking too much <laughs> thinking too much like again those are it's so um I do it all the time. easier than said right because if someone is sad it's like don't be sad no we know it's it's quite hard you're so tied up caught up in this emotion right yeah to understand that we are not our emotions is our first step and then the journey begins ah i don't have to yeah. react to my emotions i'm never reacting to the world i'm always reacting to my emotions <laughs> i get my emotion because of my past whatever um, algorithmic model i have oh mm-hmm. this pisses me off oh i there there was um, this vegetable that i don't like in the favorite dish of mine i'm going to get this off <laughs> no yep yeah so 
I think too, like I want to take it to time for a minute. That got me thinking. Yes. Because there are there are these moments in life, and in the beginning, you just catch a glance of it. But the more you become aware of it, like you start seeing time as it's just a word that's made up that people try to explain. There's all kinds of time. There's like right now, there's high time, there's Miller time, there's daytime, there's nighttime. There's all these times, man. But yeah. and it's it's just a prison. It's this way for you to take everything out and just focus. Like that's that seems to me how time has been manipulated, especially in the last since the days of um since we become an industrialized. Yeah. country yeah like we have just decided that okay we can't focus on all these existential systems we just got to work about time yeah. you know so it, it, but i think that once you start seeing it all of a sudden you can start seeing the cracks that that was a big one for me so that, that's one way to help really make me see the world different is you just you just focus on time and all of a sudden i start thinking about history and i'm like it's right there it's right there in the word his story it's his hit you know what i mean it's his story and you start looking at like, there's this amazing book by Anatoly Fomenko and it's called History, Fiction or Science. And he goes back mm -hmm. and he, by using the lunar calendar and showing the cyclical time of, of um, when the, what is that called? When um, the sun goes in front of the moon. Eclipse. Yes. Yeah. So you can, you can tell like those happen all the time. Very, that, yeah. That's a great measurement of time. So this yeah. guy goes back and he looks at there's this there's this problem called parameter D and parameter D in history is a problem because it says that there wasn't an eclipse for this 500 year period of time. And so this guy's like, wait a minute, you're telling me there wasn't an eclipse for 500 years. So he goes back and he starts researching. And what he finds out is that in the Middle Ages, there were like two people, at least for the Western culture, there were two people in in like the middle ages of europe that came up with this calendar like it was called a patavius scalinger and these two gentlemen like if you think about that time there wasn't a whole lot of literacy at least in the written world yeah and so imagine a time and a place where we're just starting to keep records yeah. oh we're gonna we're gonna say that uh jesus was here you know that you just start making stuff up to the best you can i'm not yeah. saying they did it to they had nefarious reasons they may have had some but you know they, they were probably trying to figure it out themselves and it and this is really relevant because if you think about us getting it wrong there when we began keeping records. So, okay, history is messed up. Now we're at the same time again in history where we have internet starting now. And now we're starting to keep these digital records. So yes. if we have built a foundation of history that was a problem in 1500, we've gone yeah. off track like this far. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah, time time is a good way to focus yeah. on on your life and you can begin to understand that nobody knows you know as much as any expert knows and you should focus and try hard to make your own decisions instead of having other people make them for you yes it's easier if you let other people make those decisions but it's so much more fulfilling if you begin making those decisions and it, it's great for your life and then I, just wanted, I wanted to bring up one other point that i thought was a uh, when you talked about our phones, our books, anything that we own being an extension of us. Yeah. Like we, I heard a really great story one time and it made me understand possession a little bit. So, and the way you can feel stuff through your possession. So imagine closing your eyes and having a cane or a stick, right? 
And so you're walking around your house the same way a blind person would take their cane and they feel for stuff, right? So you're yeah. moving your cane back and forth and boom, you hit, you hit a bookshelf, you hit a table. You can feel that bookcase through the cane into your hand. So by the second you pick up that cane, it becomes an extension of you. The second you whack the bookcase, the bookcase becomes an extension of you. That's yeah. a great way to feel how you are your objects, you know, and they are you as well. I think it's an interesting way to, to look at it, and it's helped me. So I wanted to share it with you. Thanks. Yeah, it, it, is, um, it is true. You know, um, one of the things uh, after psychedelics did was, at least my parents, they uh, started thinking I was going to go off this world to a monastery and sit as a monk. <laughs> I'm let go on of everything. Like I'm, I don't want to own this. And then suddenly they'll ask, um, why, why do you still have a cell phone? And it was because at that point I still haven't had the solid foundation of, uh, the psychedelic experience. So it was between two worlds. It was one of the hardest periods because you don't know, there is a set of ways I was taught to live and this thing detached me from all of those and showed me those are just barriers nothing mm. more whatever you thought as things and you don't know which is true because after all this is a drug that you have ingested and it's eight hours of yeah. this but that yes. is life that's been happening for a hundred thousand years by billions of people around the world who, who kind of um you know where there is this rigid system which is existing right the way of life so it was it was difficult to the during those times i was reading a lot and uh, one of the things i uh came across was this word renunciation right so back in those days renunciation was primarily or maybe it's the idea that ignorant people got but renunciation people thought that to just give up everything and go away from the life but i found this new definition which was quite interesting renunciation is that it's not that you don't own things the things don't own you as simple mm. as that. You can have everything, be detached with it. Again, these the word detachment and stuff, it's pretty much like the emotions we describe. We can try to take a jab at it, but would you be able to get what I'm trying to talk about detachment? Because we try to convey things based on experiences yeah. and the other person understands based on their experience, right? So that's why I feel like we never truly communicate with the world. It's more so that we, yeah. we have these points that we get from them. We don't know if it's true or not, unless one looks for themselves. That's why it becomes a very quite an interesting journey. It's so beautiful that every single person has to do their own work. Right? Yeah. Every single work. As you were saying about the thing, uh, it's easier for the other people to make decision for you. It is more fulfilling if you make it. Of course, because it's like just the way you need your own sleep, you need your own food. Like uh, yeah. you might have a partner who you can go to movies with, go to restaurants with, but you're not going to eat for him or her, neither <laughs> she or he going to do it for you. Yep. You can go together in this journey, yeah. right? take the same car and stuff. Yeah. But there, I'm going to eat. They can feed you, but I am going <laughs> to eat for my food. I'm going to go home. I'm going to sleep, right? I yep. need my sleep. So as much as it seems selfish, if one does their own things for themselves, it's beautiful. Yeah. It is the only way to live. You cannot live life for someone else. Someone else cannot live it for you, right? That 
that goes without saying it's in the it's not even um, lost in translation or something like physically we see someone oh they're going to do it for themselves it's not a bad thing yeah. right so the yeah. whole inner work also no one can do it for us we need to do it we need to come to our own understanding of what does it mean i always feel like all the books that were written they are just their experiences that are being shared let's say yeah bhagavad gita or the books like be here now by ramdas and uh, power of now i do not think you can understand it it's it's quite like what is this oneness they are talking about you know when when you are caught up in the duality it's like there is one <laughs> no i am i am i am separate like yeah my friend wants to go to this movie no i will go to some <laughs> other movie so i am separate right we kind of go to that level of thinking but once we start let's say meditation or intense psychedelic trip and then you read these books and it's like ah oh that's what you meant i see i see yeah. and it's nice and it makes you it makes you realize you you're not writing to change people or you're not talking to change people i'm putting it out there just so someone because because of all the people who put stuff out there so when i was able to experience my own things with this when i read that i felt a little comfortable oh it's there because unless you're completely understanding that you need to be at peace when you're in a state of turbulence you need help and that yeah. help is what the book offers so you need to do the work and see that as a guide ah okay it's good now yeah. <laughs> right so yeah. it's it's more like that i always see like you know there's a saying that says when you're ready the teacher will show up and i can't tell you how many times i've just been staring at my bookcase and i'll grab a book and i'll just start flipping through it and there's the answer like uh, some page 87 on a book i've had for 3 years that i haven't looked at in a little bit and i'm like hey thank you you know what i mean and sometimes yeah. i look at my bookcase i'm like how did i write all these books you know what i mean yeah, <laughs> yeah. so amazing and like every uh, book i'm sorry please go ahead no 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 okay so just I'll an just... extension no 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 you just an extension of your thing uh, that's all i'm going to let you talk what you said when you're ready the teacher appears when you're truly ready the teacher disappears and that's all there is because at that point you realize yes i am my yep. person yeah right yeah you're not limited to this but whatever experience you're having trapped in this yep. sense object perception you're there yeah. yeah. and you're free to do everything yeah everything right it's yeah. beautiful yeah i i look at it too like you know when you when you find yourself in tragedy and I, i got news for everybody if you haven't been through a horrible tragedy i'm sorry for you but guess what it's coming so get ready you know what i mean but when you find yourself in tragedy this is the way out of it like understand that the worst tragedy that happens to you is because there's something so beautiful that loves you that knows you can get through it and when you do get through it you turn around and you help the next person through it like tragedy rips the scales from your eyes so that you can see things clearly so that you can help other people and you can see other people getting ready to go through it so you can rush over to them and be like you can become the teacher and another part about tragedy and i love what you said about when you're really ready the teacher disappears because when you're guess what that's tragedy that's you're ready tragedy's the test you this is the finals right here you're in the worst tragedy of your life your teacher stand on the sideline like i believe in you you can handle this Yeah. You know like that and, and that should be such a a freeing experience to know that you can. I, another way I look at it is like have you ever seen like a rocket ship take off and there's that scaffolding 
that yeah. holds that rocket ship up. Okay. Yeah. And as soon as it, as soon as it explodes, that scaffolding falls away. And that I think is what's happening right now in this world is you look at history, culture, borders, nation states. These are all scaffolding that we no longer need and they're falling away. People are freaking out like, ah, oh, it's going to fall on us, man. Hey, I was part of the scaffolding, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, but that's falling away. And once you begin to accept that, it's, it's, it's like, I think there's something in um, the Mahavakyas that talks about just like a silkworm spins its web and gets caught in it. So yep. too do humans spin their web and their stories and get caught up in it. And if you think about that, we are emerging from this cocoon, right? We yep. are this new form, but it's dangerous. Like, like just like in any transition, they call it the miracle of birth because children die. Whenever an organism is emerging into another state, whether it's you awakening, whether it's us as a planet becoming something more, like there is like there's a certain urgency. There's this idea that we must break through and we are this new form. If you think of like a butterfly coming through the cocoon, like, hey, look at my wing. How does this thing work? Whoa, I don't yeah. know what I am. I'm, I don't eat this food anymore. Like we're emerging as this new form individuals yeah. and you can see it everywhere the same way me and Ronga are talking emerging as this new exploring these new ideas you know having our parents tell us this is this is what you should do this has been a path that's worked forever and all of a sudden we are so lucky to be in this point where we're, we're thinking about making this pivot over here like our parents got us to this point all that stuff that tragedy was necessary and now we're here thanks for that, that rant a little bit but like that, that's the way to look at it i think i think we're emerging 100 percent it's um being able to question what has happened to you, it's a privilege. It's a gift. Yes. Just yeah. like you've gotten the gift of life, rebirth is another gift. I, I'm happy to have been able to gone through whatever I've went through. Yeah. Because without those, that wouldn't be me questioning it. I'd just be, you know, the person. It's a, it's an automatic thing that's happening. Because my yeah. when, I, when I think back, I feel like I've only lived two, three years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, coming back to your point of tragedy being essential, that's what uh, I think we are trying to convey. To, we don't have to wait for the physical tragedy. Psychedelics and their yeah. so-called yep. bad trips, yeah, they are not bad. Yeah. Those Sorry are the for the, ruining the surprise. <laughs> they are not bad. You know, people think um, bad trips are the reason they don't want to have psychedelics. No. That's the reason you need to have it. The fear. <laughs> that's the reason what, you need to have it. That's that's the reason. If you if you feel excited about psychedelics, mm -hmm. don't have it that day. You need yeah. to be nervous. I've I've had so many trips and I sit in my room, you know, with my partner after this and like bad idea. I don't want to do this. No, yeah. I'm nervous. And yeah. I feel it's good. I'm gonna see something that I don't want to see. And you know, it's just that um, minor steps turbulence. And after which you see, huh? And you breathe it out. It's like, man, what a grand illusion. Can't believe it. You know, it's, sometimes I feel like on cycles, like mental health is a joke. It's like, we don't have problems. What are you talking about? Like we're depressed. No way. Life is so simple. You, know? you can just laugh it out. Everything. And yep. you get this um, sense of humor. Yep. You can joke about everything. Like, you know, we don't need to be as sensitive. Words, words are what? Noises. We attach meaning to it. Right. Um, you're, you're, I like the scaffolding thing and the rocket you said. Right? I feel like psychedelics just tells you that, bro, do not hold on to the scaffolding. Sit inside the spaceship. <laughs> yeah. Right. Go Get for the board. lift off. You know, it's, it's, that's all. 
you hold on to the scaffolding you're going to burn to the ground that's yep. simple as that you're not going to yeah. die right the doors right. are open get in everybody yeah. get in everybody <laughs> it's, it's 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 the amazing thing like it's yeah. not for um, one of the things i really loved about uh, psychedelics or meditation right it's it's so welcoming it's it's for everyone yeah every bit of you every human has this breathing oh you can sit and meditate did you know you don't yeah. need to do i i go to uh, vipassana uh, by sn goenka and in his audio lectures he says we there is no rites there is no rituals there is no it's not sectarian it's universal the technique is always going to be mm-hmm. universal it's for everyone right mm-hmm. and uh, yeah i i think that's that's the part uh, i feel like sometimes when i think about where do i want to serve it's to help people i'm not going to help anyone with their fear or anything they're going to do that for at least 5 minutes between now and when they dose themselves i'm just going to say don't be afraid just come on just the yeah. build up and so on right like because you kind of do that everyone is nervous like in a stadium people are playing match you know and uh, yeah. you want that just to just get started after that you don't care about the noise of lockdown right same same with psychedelics in your sober mind you're thinking you're thinking 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 what if this is right for me what is wrong this so many thoughts you just need someone to make that teeny tiny push i'm not saying yeah. with respect to psychedelics per se with respect to anything that fear is stopping us from doing fear stops us from living it's as simple yeah yeah you're you're afraid like fear of death is that that's the thing right yeah oh my god i'm i'm going to die at some point so i need to make sure that when i'm dying i live a happy life so i need yeah. to work for that so we forget today we we do not know that this minutes away or hours away but it's the in in, in ignorance we have this uh, thing right like oh we're just going to live at least i'm i'm just 28 like i'm going to live at least you know based on my bad habits maybe 35 40 you know <laughs> i'm just ball parking and it gives me 5 years i don't have to like completely be present right now like yeah. i can sleep out for some time and then yeah but fear when you truly have um, the death fear right it's it's death awareness uh, i would like to go on to existential therapy by dr edwin alum after that but when we truly have that it doesn't when we when we understand right like uh, it you you see people coming from near death experiences this say i felt a piece of calm yeah right it's yeah. only the thinking mind that is fearful because the thinking mind will die that's yeah. the problem but in actual reality if we are not our thinking mind there is one beyond that which is the awareness it's not afraid of death that is merely a transition yeah it's just a transition right yeah, our thinking yeah. mind our thinking mind can't handle the thought it's going to die <laughs> right oh, yeah. <laughs> that so let, let me let me let me ask you this one right here so it seems to me that right now in the world of psychedelics there are some issues and one a couple of the ones that i see are first off psychedelics can help i think almost everybody there might be some people that have like schizophrenia or people whose life's history maybe make them not someone maybe people could have a psychotic break or people that aren't ready to be shown this thing sometimes the light will burn their eyes you know even yeah. though we may be of the idea that everyone should do it. So in the world of psychedelics you have people that are on meds right now and you have 
like let's just say psilocybin is huge right now. People are doing all kinds of assisted therapy with PTSD and it's helping all kinds of mental patients. And so where do we draw the line for people that need prescriptions and, and people that don't? If you look at the way it was done in the past, or at least some of the stuff I've read, people would go to a shaman or a friend or a, a trainer or a therapist, call it whatever term you want. Does that person sit with them and show them the trip once or twice and then give them, show them the path and then allow them to go on it? Yeah. Or, you know, if you look at some of the South American tribes, the shaman would take the mushrooms and then he would solve their problem for them. So that's a different way. And then a third way is, you know, we, we put people in the hospital and then give them the psychedelics and then just take notes and do a survey. There's so many different methods of using psychedelics to help people. And I think that some of those things are at the forefront of the conversation right now with prescriptions, treatments. So what say you on the different methods of treating people with psychedelics? It's a, it's a great question. Thank you. At the end of the day, <laughs> we kind of, um, the individual will come to a point, right? Uh, they, they, they decide, I want to go get prescription with this set of antidepressants or, you know, this help or a particular form of therapy and so on. You know, we reach a point, right? And in that point, it is, one more of the option, psychedelics is an option, mm. right? The, that's the freedom of choice. Everything needs to be on the table. I truly believe yeah, it cannot be set for all, but for most people, psychedelics are going to work. Yeah. And it comes to, down to the question to the individual, do I need to be dependent on something every single day for years and years where it is just treating my treating my uh, symptoms or do I want to cure? One of the things we need to really ask is, do I just want to put a bandaid and keep running or do I need to sit? As I said, the, the knife in our packs, like take it out, heal it. You yeah. cannot just keep running by, you know, spraying some steroid, which at that point or taking shots of adrenaline, <laughs> you feel good. Of course, yeah. you're going to feel good. Your body is designed to take adrenaline and you're going to get into the pumped up mode. You're not going to feel pain. It's good. Same comes to the mental health. I, I, I haven't had experience with uh, uh, prescription drugs, but I've heard, I've been just watching how to change your mind. And there are people who say they've been on antidepressants and they say it just makes them survive, right? And it dulls the life. There is no feeling mm. of aliveness. And this person who took MDMA, she was describing how uh, it was pain. I felt pain, but I was able to feel it. I was able to experience mm. it, right? That, that's all it all comes yeah. down to. Pain is not a bad thing or pleasure is not a good thing. It doesn't have to be, you know, even though it might th think like we need to choose pleasure over pain. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. Sorry about we that. Kind of, we kind of uh, get over that part and realize none of those are good or bad. Everything is needed at some point, you know, like pain is a great thing. Pain is the language with which the body communicates to us. Mm. Without pain, we'd be dead like in three days. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's just a form of language. There is nothing to be um, avoidant about. 
you know what I mean? And yeah. Dip- antidepressants or whatever drugs, if they dull our life, if they dull our sensitivity, the question always comes, to what point do I want to do? What is my life being lived this way? So what stops me from like just ending it versus living dull? Am I just living it for a record? Like is someone going to say, this person, man, amazing. You got depression at 25. You made it to 50. Good. You're going to give him a gold medal. No, it doesn't matter if you're going to live 10 minutes of fully present versus 60 years of complete sleepwalking. It's the question is that do how, how much alive do I want to feel? Yeah. How much do I want to experience life? So yeah. I feel in that sense, psychedelics gives you integration work apart. At least at that point, you get the sense where there is more to life than what I thought. That freeingness, that being able to breathe, right? And there are different methods, as you said. Atom trips are going <laughs> to shamans. And I've yep. heard like there are a lot of people who are trying to do it and people who are going, having prescription drugs. And, you know, they talk online asking other people, like, how much do I need to wean off on the prescription drugs before I take ayahuasca because they're going to interact and stuff, right? Yeah. So it's, it's amazing. There is a beautiful network that is helping people, trying to tell them, maybe this is what you need to do. Maybe if you have a predisposition for schizophrenia, maybe you shouldn't do this, right? And uh, it's like this. I'm short, right? If I if I want to play a game which is completely made for only tall people, I just can't, right? <laughs> it's just, it's it's I, what it is. You accept yeah. it. And likewise, for some people, if you're able to do tests and find out they have the gene for schizophrenia and stuff, yeah, it, it might be a little unlucky, but there are tons of other ways. Meditation is what... I got drove to after psychedelics and I can watch. You can say psychedelics is not for everyone. I agree with you, but meditation is for everyone. There isn't any person you can show me and say, but he can't meditate. Yeah, of course, <laughs> you don't want to meditate. Right. <laughs> <It's a different laughs> I, I find it really hard. Like, having been to courses, I, I, I try to sit and uh, no, you always feel this idea like life is good. Why do I need to sit? You know, and then <laughs> my points of frustration with respect to like waiting in the traffic or mm-hmm. like, like getting pissed off with the colleague or something I'm like, yep, this is why <laughs> I know that is a better reaction. There is always a better yep. reaction yeah. uh, that can be given. I-, I would say better response than the immediate reaction we give to situations. Right. So different methods being there. I genuinely, uh, feel like we are we are working with the right set of things but of course with the venturing into the unknown there are going to be a lot of questions there are going to be a lot of debates and we need people being able to be honest and convey whatever they mean for example i have this idea if you can give psychedelics to more people the voice needs to go out there and the voice that says no it's not for everyone this fight between these two voices is going to lead to a harmonious thing right you cannot have a one-sided game like this is how it's going to be. It's established. No, nothing is established. And one more beautiful thing about, I feel like psychedelics is that unlike other things, you know how doctors um, prescribe antidepressants and mm-hmm. anti-anxiety medications, they don't take it. They just prescribe it. Yeah. I do not believe you can just give someone psychedelics. You need to take it to understand yeah. what's happening. Yeah. And that, that alone makes it amazing. 
when i think yeah. about it th- th- you know if someone didn't take psychedelics they wouldn't appreciate it no, you know no. you can read lots of texts about so many things like you 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 talk about oneness like it all feels nice to talk about but the experience is like what will live with us it is something we can share like it's it's yeah. shared experience and it's shared sacrifice all in the same setting like i know what it's like to be curled up in the chair sweating like i'm such a retard you know <laughs> yeah. you know like and, and then one moment and then being like oh my god i'm so beautiful like i yes that's what i should be doing you know like yeah and i, I, I this is this is not the best way to do it but i heard a funny quote from terence mckenna and he used to he used to go and give speeches about um you know mushrooms and psilocybin and he had a really yeah. funny quote that said you know i'm so tired of everybody just doing these little baby doses like he goes he goes my my idea of psychedelics is if you take an amount and you don't think you're going to die then you haven't taken enough yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it, it, that changes for everybody i know people that can eat an eighth and just have this full out of body experience mind expanding i'm changing course of my life and i know guys that can eat eight grams and be like ah you know it didn't really hit me the way i thought it would you know and so it, depending, I think you get the trip you need at that time. And maybe that, I, I really think there's something to be said about the language. Like when you think about the term getting high, well, okay, well you're st- think about being high. When you're high, you can look down and see everything clearly. If you're in a yeah. battle, you want to get the high ground. You know, this, this idea that when you get high, like it's all in the language, man. Like when you get high, you can see better, but you can't stay high all the time because you got to come back down to the world and interact and change and do the work. Yeah. That's, that's what the, like, here it is again. It's a trip. We're getting high. Like if you just listen to the language, you can understand more about what's happening to you. You are going to go on a little trip over here. I'm going to take you on a little mind vacation. You get to see yourself. What a treat to see yourself the way other people see you. Like think about that for a minute. You have the ability to see yourself the way other people see you. You know how much work you can get done if you can see yourself that way? Yeah. And then, then you start realizing it's not just me seeing myself. It's me seeing myself through everybody. Everybody's me. You know, you start realizing the problems people have are your problems. And you see it in yourself. And the beauty of it is when you can start seeing that kind of stuff, when you can go, oh, man, this person is – this person looks like they're having some relationship problems. That's because – you you've had relationship problems and you can recognize it. You can't see something in somebody unless you recognize it. And that means you've had to go through it. So it gets us kind of back to tragedy and language. People are giving us information through social cues, eye contact, skin contact. Like you said, all the information is there. And I do think the psychedelics experience kind of stays with you a little bit. So even when you're done tripping, part of this new way you process information stays with you and you get to keep a little bit more every time oh yeah and i it's 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 mind-blowing to me and i I... hello everyone thanks for taking a moment to hang out with me in the true life podcast i truly appreciate it if you're taking some time to listen to this whether it's your first podcast with me or you've been with me the whole way i truly want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart additionally i would like to try to inspire everyone the world is a crazy place And if you listen to your heart and you take some chances, I really think the world will unfold in front of you in ways you can't imagine. I've been doing the podcast for about five years. Last year, I decided to take the plunge. Well, circumstances dictated that I took the plunge. 
and I did. I've begun working on the podcast full-time for almost a year now, and it's been so rewarding to me that I just want to try and inspire other people. If you have a dream, if you have a vision, follow the voice in your heart. Listen to the song on the wind and embrace the challenge. I think you're strong enough, you're smart enough, and you're good enough to make your dreams come true, but you have to believe in them. And I truly believe wholeheartedly that if you take a chance, a real chance on what is possible, then your dreams will unfold in front of you. Uncertainty can be a monster. It can be something that we run away from. But much like fear, if you stand in front of it, it's not that big of a problem. I know everyone listening to this has a dream and a vision, and I hope you all conquer it. And I want you to know it's possible. Take baby steps and move towards it, and you will get closer to it. Your relationships will be better. Your life will be better. And you know what? You deserve it. You're an amazing person. If you get a moment, go down to the show notes. If you can, support the show. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get to it.